This episode is brought to you in part by The Table Podcast from the Hendricks Center at Dallas Theological Seminary. I'm Daryl Bach, one of the hosts, and I invite you to join us as we discuss issues of God and culture, which includes anything and everything. Listen on your podcast app or at dts.edu slash the table. This is a podcast about two things, helping those with urgent needs in front of us today and improving the road so others can walk it safely in the future. Welcome to The Better Samaritan, a podcast where we're learning how to do good better. I'm Kent Anning, co-director of the Humanitarian Disaster Institute at Wheaton College, and I'm joined by my colleagues Jamie Ayton and Laura Finch to explore how we can more effectively love our neighbors from everyday acts of kindness to the most complex humanitarian challenges facing the church and society today. We named this podcast The Better Samaritan, in part inspired by Martin Luther King Jr.'s sermon, in which he talks about how we make the road safe, safe for the person who's coming later on, the Jericho Road. So we want to help the person who's beaten up and lying by the side of the road. But if people keep getting beaten up and left and robbed by the side of the road, it's not enough to just help them. We also need to make the road itself safer. So in this podcast, we've asked more than a dozen leaders, what's one way that Christians can act to make the road safer for vulnerable people? I find it inspiring because it helps us to think, how do we help now, but also do we help those who are down the road? How do we make a difference in the system, a bigger change that makes a difference to help other people? Uh, So I love the variety of their answers and also some of the common themes that you'll see. So I hope you are encouraged uh, as we keep on helping people who need us right now, but also help people who need us to make the road safer for the future. Chief Executive Officer and Founder of Preemptive Love, Jeremy Courtney. There are those of us who have had opportunity and benefit of the doubt and access to power for so long that our natural inclination is to have our fists up when it feels like something is getting taken away from us because there's this lived experience that this thing is by birthright mine because I was born with the experience that it was mine and my dad was born with the experience that it was his and so on and so forth. So there's this natural inclination that, that some of us have to live with our fists up for fear that something's being taken away from us. So I would start with us, those of us who have any experience that this world is ours, this country is ours, this faith is ours, these streets are ours, are ours. If if that resonates with you on any level, and you and I think this is an intersectional conversation, you could be black Christian and still be afraid of a Muslim immigrant that you feel like is coming to take away your faith or take away your streets. You could be white male. You could be cis female. You know, this this cuts, this can cut across a number of ways for any of us. But if you feel like this world is yours by birthright somehow or by default, we can make the world a lot safer by choosing to lower our fists, by fostering postures and practices that get our fists down and by seeking to live in a more open posture of vulnerability and welcome. It's a discipline. It's a practice that we're trying to undercut generations and generations of default programming 
that say this place is yours. It belongs to you. It's your birthright. You don't have to give it up to those people who are different than you. But in fact, we do have to give it up on some level to those people who are different than us if our goal is to make the road safer. Author and founder of Public Square Strategies, Michael Ware. Yeah, well, so, and I know the background of this uh, of this this podcast uh, refers to a story Dr. King would talk about quite often. He, he, one of the times he talked about it was was the night before his death, and he he refers to uh, something he thought Christians ought to have, uh, which he termed a dangerous unselfishness, which is just you know just an incredible phrase, it. it, it I mean, we don't have time to go into this, but but I would just ask people to attend to that to to that sermon, uh, and and notice that I think the temptation in our politics and just in our discourse right now would be to to look at the person who walks on the other side of the road, and uh, and just completely write them off. Uh, completely say, well, l- look what an evil heart they must have to 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 not cross over to the other side of the road. A king on the night before his death, after all that he'd seen, after all the not just the successful actions but the unsuccessful ones, uh, King instead actually th- that sermon is a great example of of empathy uh, for inaction. Uh, he he tries to get inside the head of what what rational uh, explanations might people have for not crossing over to the other side of the road? And w- one of the things he comes up with is this uh, this idea that the fear of uh, the fear of unanticipated harm is greater uh, that that motivation overcame the knowledge of certain good. <laughs> Uh, and for Christians, we really need to be careful that our political actions aren't motivated by a fear of sort of unanticipated harm while leaving aside the fact that there's someone dying on the side of the road uh, that can be attended to, that it's not just a theory that <laughs> that, that they could be helped. We know they can be helped. Uh, we have to be willing to act. Executive Director of Healthcare Ready, Dr. Nicolette Lusaint. I think we often look at things from the vantage point of where we sit and, um, and then say, well, here's my role based on this. Here's this role based on government. Here's this role based on private sector. And that's just not how roads work. So if we were able to look at... Um, the needs collectively and just identify what needs to happen to protect um, patients, protect those most vulnerable and move out on that. I think that's what makes the road safer. It's, it's understanding that it's all a part of a system and how we protect the least of these is going to be how we put all of our collective resources together to be able to accomplish that. Therapist, expert, and author, Dr. Diane Langberg for the church to wake up, for her to call things by their right name, for her to be more concerned about the name of Jesus than the building and the money and the numbers in the pews. Um, 
the road is not safe if the church is not safe, and she has not been safe. Executive Director of IJM Canada, Anu George Kanjanathopal. Walk with us. Um, one needs to journey the path before you understand what needs to be fixed. I mean, there is a tendency for us to, you know, take a telescope, look from far and say, oh, there is a problem. So, you know, maybe, maybe that's how it is in that part of the world. Maybe, you know, that's got something that's far away from who I am. I would say journey with us, journey with those who have been trapped in slavery, journey with those victims who are voiceless. I think it is important to go on that journey. It's important to pray into the journey of those who are not going to be able to make it to their freedom. Executive Director of Christians for Social Action, Nikki Toyama Setu. I think that um, the one thing that we could do is recognize that there are places where we already are, where we can be the ones to ask the question about the folks who are invisible um, in, in our communities. A, a real quick example of that is if your kids are in school and as you're advocating in your PTA for the things for them, are you also advocating in your PTA for kids who aren't speaking the same language as your kids or kids who don't have quite the same resources? Um, I just think there's a lot of ways that we're already in the pl in places and in community. And if we could have a, a justice lens on those, I just think there's so much that can be done. Peniel Joseph, an American scholar, teacher, and leading public voice on race issues. Well, I think one of the things we have to think about now is what King talked about with the Poor People's Campaign and the Voting Rights Campaign. I mean, one is um, really ending voter suppression in the United States, but two is really the elimination, the eradication of, of poverty and structural and physical violence against poor people, right? So I think that par part of what we need to move forward is creating a guaranteed floor, which is what Dr. King called it, uh, for, for every single American. And really, once you come out of that circle for really everyone on, on the planet, uh, and that's going to make things um, much better for all of us, uh, including me, in terms of trying to do this work. Director of Climate Center and founder and CEO of Atmos Research, Catherine Hayhoe. We have a special role on this planet, and our role on this planet is not to dominate, pillage, rape, and destroy, and then God will push the eject button and we'll all be out of here. Our God-given role, clear as day, is to abide and to shamar, to care for and to protect, not only for the sake of other living things, but for our own sake as well. Refugee Church Consultant with the International Association for Refugees, Pastor Jean-Pierre Guetera. Okay, uh, the key issue is you needed to also advocate to them, especially for the people who have misconception about the refugees. And at the same time also, it's very important also to, to be engaged and listen much more from them so that you, because these things always change with the time, you know, uh, with the time and even with the, the, the situation. 
you may get refugees in this area. When you go to another area, you find they have different situation which need a different response. So that is why always inquiring and also maybe advocating for them for the new things which you have discovered is the key to be able to help with them much more. David Gunger, lead singer of The Brilliance. And what's one thing you think could make the road safer? The road safer or the world uh, safer? The road safer. The road safer. Oh, wow. What a good question. What could make the road safer? Well, less cars <laughs> or electric cars. So I would, uh, if I was czar, well, I'm going to tell you what, you didn't ask if I was czar for America for a day. I don't know. I don't know if it would be, there'd be a lot of different things that I could think of, but road safer. And I know you probably also mean like spiritual road. However, <laughs> I'm taking it in a very literal way, which I kind of like. Um, I mean, I've, I'm not going to lie. I live in New York City and there have been many times where I've hit taxi cabs, like double handed. I've taken a water bottle and thrown it at a car and been like, slow down in my neighborhood because there are kids walking everywhere. We're trying to walk here. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to go electric cars, driving. I don't want humans driving. President Emeritus of World Vision, Rich Stearns. Yeah, so this made me think of the problem that humanitarian organizations are facing today, and that's the problem of fragile states and rogue uh, regimes. And um, the world is a dangerous place, right? It's a dangerous place uh, to be in countries like Congo and Yemen and Syria and Myanmar and it's a long list. And I think if you look at the fragile states indexed and for, you know, for li listeners that don't know what a fragile state is, it's essentially a country that is, has got a broken government an incompetent government or a corrupt government, maybe a totalitarian, often it's a totalitarian government. And these are the countries in which it's the most dangerous countries in the world to be a child or the most dangerous country in the world to be a woman. Um, they're rife with human rights abuses. They're not, um, you know, they, they, these are countries that, uh, the rule of law is broken in many cases. And so people can commit crimes with impunity and people can, you know, oppress the poor with impunity. And about 50% of the most extreme poverty in the world today is in these fragile states that represent about 20% of the world's population, but 50% of the world's poverty. And so, uh, unfortunately, those contexts are not easily fixed, right? You, you know, teaching farmers how to farm better doesn't fix the context in which they live. Um, and it's the work of diplomacy. Uh, it's the work of uh, nations uh, where nations like the United States can bring pressure to bear on some of these other nations uh, to uphold human rights and uphold the human rights conventions of the United Nations. And so, so some of that work has to be done at pretty high levels by government-to-government uh, uh, -government interaction. Author and founder of Love Beyond Walls, Terrence Lester. Yeah, I think more people are needed on the road. You know, uh, if we use this as a metaphor uh, from the Better Samaritan parable, um, you know, we talk about the context of Jericho and, you know, we, we got to wrestle with like what produced the robbers, what what is the social context that 
created the climate, all those things. Was it dark on the road? Was there uh, more lighting that was needed on the road? Who made the decision not to put lighting on the road? You know, why weren't there uh, any officers or police officers guarding the road? You know, uh, where were the people who could have been volunteering on the road? Uh, would more people have provided extra protection uh, for this community? It's it's all of these things that your imagination can like run with and talking about that. But I think more people are needed on the road because there's safety and community is what I'm communicating. Um, that because we are a part of the, the family of God, that there's this sense of, of protection and safety uh, when we show up together, right? And that, that is the ultimate message that I'm trying to communicate. I hope you enjoyed that conversation as much as I did. The chance to really hear from different people who have different experiences and you hear common themes as they answer this question, but you also see the variety. So may you be encouraged as you keep on seeking to do good better as we learn from others who in these conversations who are doing the same. I want to invite you to sign up for our newsletter, our Better Samaritan newsletter. It has a job board, it has curated material that can help you to keep on learning, keep being part of this community. I uh, also invite you to share this episode with a friend or many friends who would also be encouraged by the conversations that we're having here. Thanks for being with us. It's an honor to get to seek to be doing good better along with you.